this team finds so many different ways to lose games. I mean, when you look back at it, last game, lack of hustle, lack of rebounding, lack of being physical, and basically not having the fire. Every game, one thing that's always true, they have a hard time keeping rhythm. The only game that they had rhythm leads to my point, Duke. They played Duke, they had rhythm the whole game. Why? They pushed the tempo, they were energized, they were basically knowing we got to play a great game or we're going to get walked all over, okay? Started out lousy in that game, like always, but they they actually caught their rhythm and Tyus brought this team to, to a level that I think it should have been at all, all, all year. And I just don't understand why Frank Howard doesn't realize you're probably the fourth or fifth best player on, on this team, okay? I'd rather see... I'd rather see Tyus or Buddy Bayheim or Hughes or Brissett. Uh, Christ, I'd rather see Chuku shoot because he only shoots it when, when he knows he's in his own area. I mean, Frank Howard, his shot, his defense, his careless catching of the ball, his careless passes, I'm, I'm done with him. It He had a great run last year in the tournament, but that was really a product of other teams not being ready for the zone. He had he did not have some stellar junior year. Okay, he played a ton of minutes, so his numbers were good, and he had a good assist to turnover ratio. But at the same time, he was the problem with the offense last year, and he's the problem with this offense this year. And I think it's ironic that last year Jim Beheim said that anybody who thought Tyus could or should play point guard was moronic. When you go back to his high school recruiting, that's what he wanted to do. So I don't think Tyus is a pure blood point guard, but I would have rather seen him at the point these last couple years and put either more athleticism, size, speed, um, something else as his mate than Frank. I'm, I'm done with Frank. I have no faith in him doing anything the rest of the year. His shot looks okay. His defense looks okay, but everything else is far below average. Ball handling, passing, his uh, decision-making is is so bad. I mean, just really to a level that... Part of the problem I'm seeing is this team's just not strong. Buddy Beheim below average strength. Barama Sidibe, below average strength. Uh, Frank Howard and Tyus, they're probably average to above average. Um, but they're not attacking the basket as much as they need to. And if they are, because of some of the guys around them um, bringing guys into the paint, because Brissett is not hitting the three, so he's pulling his guy into the paint. Um, Chuku's going to pull his guy in his paint. Dolajes obviously can really do either, um, but he's way below average in strength and size. And I, I think that's what's happening with the, with these teams that are are – getting at us in the second half they're getting at us because they're just they're wearing us down and, and I know Beheim said for a decade that his players don't get tired but I, I've heard numerous players um, say something just just the opposite in post-game um, interviews and you know the guys that are getting interviewed they're asking them in, in an indirect way but um, it's still coming out Beheim he even admitted in the offseason that you know he basically lied saying that it it wasn't an issue that the guys had to play 40 minutes 
And then after the year, he said, oh, it, it, it definitely was an issue. So, you know, he he can lie all he wants. That's not going to win or lose us games. What's going to win or lose us games is basically two things. Preparation b- before the game, which I think we're below average at. I don't think um, I don't think we take the scout and knowing your personnel as good as we can for uh, not having a bunch of idiots on the team back when we had Harris and some of these other low basketball IQ guys. We've actually recruited higher character guys who can actually read a scouting report. But I don't think it's being uh, emphasized and gone over as much as it should be. And I do have firsthand knowledge of that. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but I can tell you right now, I have seen it and I'm not that impressed. The other thing that goes into coaching is in-game adjustments. Beheim has always said in, in his many years, he finds it easier to coach when he knows something isn't going right than, he, than you try something else. So basically, he would rather be losing and then have to switch it up than to be winning and to be worried about getting hunted down from behind. I mean, we've, we've blown so many double-digit leads. It's unbelievable. I mean, we, we've been up 7, 8, 12... Uh, I think we were up as much as 13 in a game and lost. You just It's part of basketball in one regard, but in another regard, if, if you're up double digits and the other team comes back, it's real simple. You had the luxury of that double-digit lead, so now that the other team's playing great, at least now you're not down, you're even. So hopefully now they made their run and you, you respond. But this team is so hot and cold, once they get punched in the mouth, they just lay down and die. I mean, how many games have we seen it? And I understand on the road it's a little bit harder. Like Clemson, it was senior day. They had two bigs. They started making threes. They, But the biggest thing was we were still, the defense was there. And I'll, I'll keep saying this. The defense is always there until it just completely gets out of hand. And the, how it started with Clemson was um, fouls. Second chance points, 50-50 balls, transition, turnovers. It wasn't just going up against our set defense. I mean, we have seen that. Obviously, we saw it against Virginia, and that is what it is. You know, we could play Virginia again and have similar results, and they just out-execute the hell out of us, and, you know, they're they're not going to shoot 70%, but they could beat us by double digits without even playing their A game. We got to figure out, I mean, how many times does Frank Howard, it takes him six, seven seconds just to get the ball in the front court? I mean, push the freaking ball. So sick and tired of, of Frank. And every loose ball that was a 50-50, like where it would hit off one guy, hit off another guy, and then go out of bounds, everyone was off Syracuse and to Clemson. And I'm not questioning necessarily the the actual call to that end. It's just... There was at least five in the second half in the, in the last 11 minutes. There was there was at least five of those where there was an out-of-bounds call, and there you go. And at least three or four of them were on um, after misses. We'd get them to miss, and then we just couldn't control the ball and bring it back. And those are huge because now they're getting a chance, and you got to play defense again. 
I also don't understand why we continue to run this pick and roll when they don't have to honor the pick and roll with Chuku. So what, all you're doing is getting a guy, you're basically bringing another defender up. Doesn't make any sense why, with such a skinny, finesse team, why we still are grinding it out. And I've always heard the excuses because of the zone. It's not just the zone, okay? You could run with the zone. Look at the Scoop Jardine team. You, he, they ran with the zone. It actually has the passing lanes already filled in when you're transitioning from defense to offense. You get the ball to the middle, and you go. And if, and if the ball's rebounded um, on the wings and, and your wings can start pushing it, they push it until the point guard gets in the middle when you're transitioning from defense to offense, and you go. It's not that that's no excuse. All we do is let the other teams, coaching staff, culture, players dictate exactly how the game's gonna go and and we adapt. We we don't bring it to how it's gonna be played. And you would think with a zone, I remember just a few years ago, we were trapping out of the zone, we were extending more. We were when the zone is really great, it's when the zone is dictating where the next pass is gonna go and then anticipating to that pass. And that's not happening this season. We are reacting to the offense. And you don't does not have to be that way. I remember very, very vividly how we would force the ball into the uh, short corner and then trap out of that. And then knowing where that trap pass was going to go and getting steals. Most of our steals now are when the guard up top kind of hedges up and gambles on that pass from the uh, strong side, ball side. And he's on the weak side, and he's anticipating that pass coming to the weak side, and he intercepts it. Um, that is where we're getting a lot of our steals. Um, turnovers are down a little bit off the zone. For for me, when you have Dolage, Sidibe, Chuku, and Buddy Beheim, four guys who would excel in transition. Now, Buddy is obviously not quick of foot, but he'd be a perfect trail man. Um with a quick trigger release, he's got good hands to catch the ball and shooting more transition threes would be huge for him um, and almost impossible to defend. But we don't have the point guard. We don't have the point guard. I mean, Frank was serviceable last year, um, but he he needs guys. Uh, I mean, if he was a point guard on a Wes Johnson team, you, you could do that because Wes... And that actually wouldn't work out great either because Wes was probably a better shooter, obviously, than Bursette, but he wasn't great at attacking the rim. They they would need more aggressive players um, that could attack. And he also needs a quicker trigger uh, on his release when they do, uh, when somebody else is trying to do their business, that they can give him a release valve and he needs to be able to catch it quicker and shoot it quicker because. Basically, if he's catching it off that release, uh, he's not going into the paint. So, and he's not he's not looking to pass right away either. He, that's what him and Brissett do. That is so frustrating. Is whenever they catch the ball, it's that two second pause before anything happens, where they're gathering and they're getting their sticky fingers, uh, hopefully engaged in the ball, because uh, it's like butterfingers with those two. I think they try to make competitions for who who can lose the ball more out of bounds or uh, who can pass the ball more out of bounds because those two, they drive me nuts. 
if it wasn't for Buddy Beheim, who was going to redshirt, some people thought this team would probably be in the NIT. And the, the way Frank has played, and then Jalen Carey, the way he's played, besides those two games in New York, way below where where the expectations were with those. Brissett is below expectations. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it that he's rebounding the ball and this and that, blah, 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 blah. He's not using his versatility. He has underperformed from three-point range, two-point range, the foul line, rebounding, uh, blocks. He, he's underperforming. He really is. And especially with the kind of minutes this guy's getting and at the expense of who? Probably Dolage or potentially going with... Um, I don't think he would obviously put Hughes at the four... Um, and, and it's not like he's going to go with Buddy and Frank and then Tyus and Hughes. So it's really at the expense of Dolage when you're talking Brissett. But I, I've, I've beaten that bush down, and, and I'm, I'm just done talking about it. What I'm not done talking about is the, the pace of play. We're too slow. Um, and when teams are playing slow against us, we're kind of comfortable with it. But when teams start passing faster... And setting the pass for the next pass for the shot, that's when they start scoring on us. And, and we're just slow. We're slow and we're not bulky. If you're going to be bulky, then you can be slow because that's that's what you can dictate. You know, looking back to Ohio State with, uh, I think the guy's name was Wesson. They're, they're, they're big. When you got a guy like that, you can afford to pound it and go slow and low. And, 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 and play out of the post. We don't even hit the post. In fact, last game was the first game in six months where... Another reason why you want to play fast, it's much easier to recruit uh, a point guard, which we desperately need. And uh, anybody who's looking to, you know, take their game to the next level, the more possessions, the more chances you have to score and, and the quicker pace of play there's more rebounds more shots more opportunities for block steals and all that when you're recruiting you either have to have a lot of guys like personalities like Hopkins or Tony Bennett or Jay Wright somebody or even I'll hate it to say but Tom Mizzo I mean he is a very emotional but he's he's very loving caring um he's got a whole different you know mantra about him uh, unlike a Bobby Knight who was also very successful but he was very structured and disciplined Jim's none of those um, he has his own kind of, you know, I think his intelligence and his strategy and his knowledge of the game and his, um, you know, he's really good at judging talent uh, for the most part. But may, maybe because now that he's old, uh, he relied too much on his assistants to do the legwork and they, they were not producing. I mean, we could do a whole nother pod on strikeouts or players that we picked over players, other players who went to other schools and won national championships like Caleb Joseph over uh, Brunson. I mean, that's a joke. A.J. Price over Josh Wright. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I, Kyle Lowry, I, I mean, Josh Wright was a... I, I don't even want to get into that. We have our own issues this year. I'm not even going to get into that. But the big picture is everybody... Uh, some people in this town, and Jim creates this blanket that he doesn't make mistakes and that he can't be held accountable and that if anybody you know, is critical of him or points out a mistake, it's like you're a hater, you're negative. No, Th this is this is just objective. There's a difference between being objective and just being negative. 
some people are objective to Donald Trump and others are, are just haters. And you could say that for anything that's polarizing. And this team is very polarizing. And uh, at this point in the season, nothing would surprise me. We could win no more games and I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be pissed off. I'd be disgruntled the whole offseason and I wouldn't be too excited about next year. You know, how excited would we have been uh, coming into this season? You know, if we had all five starters back and let's say we uh, let's say we were snubbed last year and, and, and we were the first team out. We would have went to the NIT. Who knows what would have happened there? Probably would have laid an egg. And, uh, you know, we would have said, well, you know, it was the first year first year for those guys to all play together. You know, with, with the exception of Tyus and Frank, everybody else had never really played uh, with this system and, and logged any minutes of any significance. And... Um, gone with it that way, but they ended up playing great defense, getting rebounds, and that's still the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team. They were a far better rebounding team. Why? Because they had the same size backcourt, and they rebounded better last year, and they had a much bigger frontcourt. When you have the the forwards that are going 6'9", 6'8", six, six, with Dolajay and Brissett, they're better rebounders, and they could recover better um, with the weak side blocks. Now, Hughes is athletic and quicker um, than Dolajay, but actually he might not even be quicker um, or more athletic than Dolajay. He's, I don't think he is actually. I, I think that honestly, only thing we're gaining with Hughes over Dolajay is obviously shooting. So if he's not shooting, what are you gaining? This is why... I don't understand why can we play Tyus Battle with um, with Buddy Beheim, but we we can't put Hughes at the two. I would love to see a lineup. If everybody thinks that Brissett is earning the minutes, fine. Go with a lineup where you got Tyus, who last year proved he was an all-league player. This year he's proven he's an all-league player. And then Hughes, who has shown the propensity to lead the team in scoring. Now you got a solid backcourt, huge size, and shooting is there. A little bit under average in, in ball handling, but you, you can deal with that. And then your forwards, now you got Dolajay, who's improved his shot. You're losing shooting because Brissett. If Brissett was making the three, maybe he could go that route. Beheim could. And now that you have a three um, who can make threes, now maybe you're not losing that. But because Brissett is throwing up nothing but bricks, it's forcing Hughes to play the forward to give him more scoring because we're getting no scoring out of the post. So that's really the whole problem. So basically, whether it's Frank, who's not holding his own on offense, or and he's not getting by people, and he's not making plays for others, and now Bursette is forced to make shots on his own, and then he's not doing it. So now that forces Hughes to um, be relegated to only the three. Don't love that. I think a lineup... Tell me you wouldn't be excited, Hughes fans, if you had Battle and Hughes, Dolage, Bursette, and then throw in Sidibe or Chuku. That's a big lineup. You got more than enough scoring, more than enough size, better rebounding, good defense. Everything is everything's in place. I mean, basically, you are substituting in um, Dolage for Hughes or Dolage for um, Howard because you 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 take Howard and his lack of playmaking ability and put him on a bench, and now you say Tyus and Hughes go make plays. I think that's another reason you're not seeing Hughes at the two. It's because uh, Beheim has said over and over and over, he's not making plays and he's not going in the basket. Well, I got news for you, uh, Jim. Neither's Frank, okay? Frank is not making plays. He's not going in a basket. So I'd rather have a better shooter and bring in um, bring in somebody who 
can really complement the center and the other forward in Dolage because now you have a really big front line. That's the lineup I think should be seen. And if people don't think Beheim makes mistakes with the lineup, go look at Andrew White when when, when he was playing um, before they in, inserted John Gillen and took out Howard. And they put um, Andrew at the three instead of the two. Now, in that case, they went with a smaller lineup and they improved their shooting because Gillen could shoot the three. You had Battle and you had White. So that made sense for that team versus... I don't know what they were doing when uh, you, you you can't have Andrew White in the backcourt because he couldn't dribble and he couldn't pass. He couldn't make plays for others. So, you know, Bam's made plenty of mistakes. I mean, look at all the years that he starts a bum, uh, whether it was Eric Williams who used to start or, I mean, how many years, even I think it was Fab Mel's freshman year, he would start and pull him out. Christmas for freshman, sophomore years. There was many games, I believe, where he would start, and then after a few minutes, he'd get yanked. Billy Selick, go on and on and on with players that would start and, and get the hook. I think Bayheim just liked it. I think it was entertaining to him. Well, what's not entertaining is we used to know what Syracuse basketball was, okay? It was up and down. It was Sherman Douglas. It was Pearl Washington. It was Billy Owens, Derek Coleman, running Stevie Thompson, everything like that. Now, that was two generations ago. But but the last brand of SU basketball that was fully identical was a great zone, big guards, great defense, uh, high basketball IQ, didn't turn the ball over. You know, usually um, whether you look at the 96 team or some of the other Final Four teams when you had Benajane Cooney or some great teams that fell short because of injuries, whether you're talking about uh, Routens and West and AO and Rick Jackson and that team. Um, or whether you're talking about the team with Fab Mello, with Scoop and Dion and Brandon, um, those guys were multifaceted players, and they they could score for themselves. They made plays for others, and they were big guards, and they played good defense too. So this 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 team, I think it really I think Hughes sitting out has really has really hurt us because it's taken him too long to catch up and there was too many other players struggling where so we were relying so heavily on on Hughes because Brissett was struggling and Battle can't do it all himself and Frank was Frank and Jalen tanked it and Dolage was hit and miss. We're getting nothing from nothing from the five. So it was putting too much pressure on Tyus and Hughes to do everything. So those those are the issues that I see um, we, we need to really talk about solutions. And to me, the solutions are real simple. You, you're, these guys are not going to get bigger and stronger um, in season. So you have to adjust and you have to pick up tempo and you have to use your speed and athleticism and length. And you have to be more aggressive on defense and making them uncomfortable um, and, and push them out more and be aggressive and force the action. If, if the zone forced the action... They might give up more points, but I guarantee you they'd score more points, and they, and they probably would ha- would actually catch their rhythm because every game the one parallel is they they never can catch their rhythm. Now let's talk about culture. I mean, Jim doesn't realize it, but he draws a lot of lines in the sand when he's separating himself from his team. And you go back to a lot of post game press conferences, and when he says things like, "Well, sometimes you just got to make shots," or you know, he leaves his players out to dry. And maybe it is the players, but when you draw these lines and you basically say the, the he said in uh, one of the last couple press conferences, or maybe it was on his show actually, 
this team's just not as good as um, some of his other teams. I, I just don't understand how you can say that. I mean, obviously this isn't the most talented team, but I mean, our starting lineup when you had um, Chuku in there, and then when you if if we ran it height wise, beginning of the season, everybody said it. We were the tallest team in college. Okay, so so you're the tallest team in college, and you're probably the most experienced in with with Frank and Tyus. Um, you know, Chuku's been playing ball for four or five years now. Granted, he obviously sat out a year, um, and he didn't play the, his his last year uh, at Providence very much, but. He's an older guy. Our agent experience is there. You know, Dolage, he played a lot of ball overseas. He's been around the block, obviously. He didn't just he didn't just come from some uh rinky dink high school and now he's a freshman. Um but Buddy Beheim, you know, he had a great prep year. Um so we're nowhere near the least experienced team. I mean, Carey's the least experienced player on the team, and he's not playing. So we have experience. Obviously, we had all five guys coming back. And that's a luxury that this team that these teams don't usually have. So you should never sell your team short like that. I mean, you look at Buddy Beheim. He's he's playing as good as Cooney, and Cooney played thirty five minutes, and Buddy Beheim couldn't even get twenty five right now. I mean, no, no matter how bad Frank stinks up the court, and no matter how much Julie wants Buddy to play, he's not getting thirty minutes a game. So. Um, Maybe Julie needs to crack that whip a little bit more to get some more minutes for Buddy because uh, his defense has improved. He's a better uh, passer than he was early in the year, and he's he's holding his own. He's holding his own uh, when the ball pressure comes, and uh, when people are being over aggressive on a shot, it can open up other things. And with his basketball IQ and his passing ability, he can make things happen. Uh, Buddy's really a good story this year, and so is Dolage. But the rest of the guys, no. I mean. Part of it is the offense. There's a lot of other things that we could be doing with Tyus. Um, the guy is 6'7". No reason we can't ever start him Start him at the foul line. You know, why is it when we play against the zone, why isn't he, especially when Dolce's not in the game, why can't you put Tyus in there? We saw how Virginia did it. Worked, worked pretty good, didn't it, Jim? Worked pretty good to put a guard in there. And um, I just... I know it's March, and uh, we've had a worse taste in our mouth going into the uh, dance, especially after our lack of success in all these ACC tournaments, and who knows what what team's going to show up Wednesday night. Um, I do like the matchup with either Boston College, who's a two-man team, or Pittsburgh, who's, I think Pittsburgh's lost like 10 out of 12. And they had lost nine in a row until they just beat Notre Dame, like 56-53. Um, Notre Dame's just full of injuries, and they're they're a mess. They're having a bad year. I mean, for a team like Notre Dame, who I believe had been in the um, Elite Eight more than any other team in the ACC over the last seven years, um, this is not their year, obviously. So, they're, I mean, I looked at the projections, and they're projecting eight teams in the ACC, which is supposedly the best conference. They're projecting eight teams into the dance, which just seems light. But when you break it down, I mean, obviously, it's pretty top-heavy in the ACC when, when you talk about Carolina, Duke, and Virginia. And I think Florida State, um, and then once uh, Robinson comes back for Virginia Tech, they should be considered 
a second weekend team too. So right there's five teams that could win and get to the Sweet 16. But after that, you just, it's, I mean, I wish Syracuse was in that class, but they're just not. They're, they should be for all the reasons that we saw last year and for bringing in the pieces that we needed, uh, another scorer in Hughes and another shooter in Buddy. And with Jalen, we needed another ball handler. But I think you're better off having uh, Chuku or Sidibe handle the ball right now than um, Jalen Carey. I mean, I don't know what what happened to him, but he's he's got to earn the minutes, and he's not. Um, so you like 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 I said, you got those top five, and then I'd say the next tier, you know, Louisville. Obviously, they went to Virginia and almost beat them, so they're pretty close. You know, Syracuse has beaten Duke and played them tough. Um, they played Carolina tough. Um, that Florida State game was a terrible start, and then they played really great. And then they decided that they that they thought the game was over in terms of um, just completely got manhandled in, in the last seven minutes of that game um, after making a run and making Florida State look like they um, were fortunate that Syracuse got off to a bad start because once Syracuse got going, um, they erased a 20-point lead and it looked like they were going to win the game, and it didn't happen. Um, Florida State's got more size and strength than Syracuse, so you know that's why they're twenty-five and six, and we're nineteen and twelve. Our point differential, we're only on the year beating teams by four four points. We're scoring four points more than our opponents throughout this throughout the season. That's that's not even as good as Clemson. Clemson's at five and a half. Louisville's at seven. Florida State's at eight and a half. And then you look at the powerhouses. You got Carolina at almost fourteen. Virginia at seventeen and a half. Duke's at almost seventeen. Virginia Tech's at 12 and a half. And then after um, NC State's even better at 10 and a half. I, I would say, you know, you got the top four, Virginia Tech five, Louisville six, um, Syracuse seven, and NC State is eight. I would say Clemson should be in at nine. They obviously have to win a game in the ACC, but that's nine teams. And then the bottom of it, those six teams are terrible. I mean, Georgia Tech's probably beaten one or two decent teams. I think Boston College actually has beaten two. Um, they beat Florida State. And who else did they beat? They beat Florida State and they beat Louisville. So BC's got two good wins. But they're under five hundred. Miami's having a terrible year. Wake Forest is actually playing decent lately. Um, in terms of being competitive, they had won two out of three and then we smoked them and then they played Duke really tough and then they just lost the other night um, they lost by eight to Florida State that's respectable and Pittsburgh's at the bottom of the league but Pittsburgh I mean we saw them twice they're decent um, out of conference trying to see what they did um, out of conference oh they played number 14 Iowa and lost by one so the lovely big 10 Brought in a fifth or sixth best team, and Pitt went on the road and almost beat them. Um, what's their best win? They beat Louisville too. Um, they beat Florida State too, and that's pretty much it. That's their best two wins. So they're 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 a team that when you draw them Wednesday, whoever wins that game, you got to beat them. 
And if you can't beat them, then maybe you don't deserve a tournament. But when you look at the last 10 teams at Tameka and the first six or eight out, a lot of them have issues. The other thing that you look at, too, with the substitutions, I mean, how does Sidibe not play really many minutes for two months? I mean, this goes back to Brissett because I had suggested that why, why don't we try, okay, Chuka was hurting you on offense. So he just decided, okay, if we need offense, we'll put in Dolage. Why couldn't you have Sidibe and Dolage? I mean, it sounds like a uh, specialty pizza or something, but hey, let's go with Sidibe and Dolage. I just don't understand why he is back in the late 80s, early 90s with, with giving these guys Derek Coleman-type minutes. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, Tyus is so far superior to anybody else on his team that he should be getting 35 minutes a game, but not 40. That's not a recipe for success. But you're giving Brissett treatment like he's Derek Coleman, but he's not producing like Derek Coleman. And another thing about Brissett that I figured out, and any, anybody with half a brain can see it, just go back and watch the Clemson game and watch his made three-pointers. When his right foot is ahead of his left foot, he makes it. When he's shooting off, it's because his left foot is too far out in front, just like a golf swing, and he misses his shot too far to the left. If you bring your right side in more, you're going to center yourself and you're going to make the shot. He's got great touch. He's got he's 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 actually got better touch from 21 than six because he's just fully extended and and he's he's doing it but these coaches know more than anybody in this town about basketball so I won't get into that either what I will get into is first of all we get enough talent to be an elite program I, I I'm so sick and tired of people telling me that we need to recruit better yeah it, that would be one solution you get a top five player like Duke you're gonna be good that's pretty easy but you don't have to recruit top 10, top 15 guys to have a great team. The best team Syracuse had, we had no top 40 guys on that team. Not one. Wes Johnson was not. Arenzi Anawaku was not. And, and Andy Rollins, we, we had not one. Not one, and it was the best team we ever had because these guys busted their ass, they, 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 they knew their role, and they did improve. So I'm not going to write this coaching staff off that they're not going to, but I can tell you there's a major disconnect in the communication, whether it's not enough communication or they're not listening or whatever, but we are getting our asses handed to us in the second half. I mean, we are just, we're a mess in the second half. And you know what? We even suck at sucking. If you're going to suck, then just suck. Just get beat. Look like, you know, I remember, um, honestly, Jerry McNamara's senior year. They took care of business and beat the teams that they should be. And any of the elite teams, you could tell right away, they, they weren't winning those games. They just weren't going to win those games. Then they had some magic in, in the um, Big East tournament. And they they played their A games. And they ran into teams that were better that played their C-minus games. And they beat them. And they earned those wins. But they got hot. Go back to Connecticut when they won five games in five days. What they do? They get hot. And what did it take? It took one elite player to do it. Kemba Walker, Jerry McNamara. Now, can Tyus Battle be that elite player? I sure to heck hope so because I, I'm not ready for baseball and golf and bocce and, and all the other crazy crap that people pull in the, in, in, in the summer. I'm not ready for that. I, I don't want anything to do with it right now. 
It's nice to see the snow melting away, but I'm going to tell you right now, March is my favorite month for one reason, the madness. Season's over, okay? It's new season. You're playing a crap team that you need to take care of, whether it be Boston College or Pittsburgh, that's, that's going to be playing two nights in a row. It's going to be right near the end of their season. None of these teams are even sniffing the NIT or the big dance. So what do they have to play for? Go out there and hammer them and win the game, just like you did last year against Wake Forest. But if you go back a week before the Wake Forest ACC tournament game, everybody in this godforsaken town was telling me that I was stupid because we needed to win three games or we needed to get to the finals or we needed to win the whole ACC tournament to make it because we weren't even on the bubble, according to idiot Danny Baldwin, who knows more about coffee than he does basketball. Uh, don't even get me started. How these guys get, get, get paid to do a show is beyond me.